0: Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. We want to know what you think about our podcast. You've been listening to me for almost three years now, and I want to hear from you. I have some very specific questions, including what you like about our podcast and where we should be going next. The important part is I really want your opinion. I'm looking to connect with 50 listeners from no more than 10 minutes who are willing to share your thoughts. It's simple to sign up, Go to urbanfarm.org and look at the top menu, sign up there. I look forward to chatting. In nature, we don't find closed loop systems. We find circular systems where energy and resources are part of a loop repeating itself endlessly and sustaining those systems. Growing food should be a circular system too, and aquaponics is a perfect example. Aquaponics uses natural cycles where fish feed plants and plants feed fish. Let us teach you how to start your own fish-powered garden in a few easy steps. Just text GROWFISH to 33444 or visit IWANTTOGROWFISH.com and you will receive our free webinar on how to grow your own fish-powered garden. Today, on our podcast, we have someone who wants everyone to enjoy a good meal cooked with good food. We're talking with returning guest Rosa Furtis about farm to table experiences. Rosa's goal is to change the way people connect with food, with their communities, and with the earth. As a tech company founder, she created a community driven farm to table mobile app called Bytes, which officially launched in February of 2018. She also developed two new film related projects as well well as a mural project promoting farm-to-table experiences. Foodie and Chef is an indie film series where she interviews chefs while they hang out in her kitchen and give her farm-to-table dining experiences. Farm Talk is another indie film series featuring tours of local farms with conversations about who they are how they do what they do, and what the farmers grow. Rosa, welcome back to the show today. Are you ready to rock the farm to table? (laughs) Yes, thank you. Sweet. So we got to meet you in podcast episode 236 back in May of 2017, when you talked about sourcing food in the digital age. Tell us what's been happening with you since. Thank you, Greg, first of all, for having me. What I've been doing since then is
1: actually putting into place some projects that are designed to bring more awareness and involvement from the community, whether the foodies, the chefs, the farms, in the entire Sort of ecosystem of farm to table, getting people to become more of the process, Mm -hmm. like get engaged and become a part of the solution toward localized sourcing.
0: Cool. And so that's kind of what your app does, right?
1: Yeah. So the app provides in home farm to table dining experiences for foodies who connect with local chefs, you know, whether they're the professionals or the students or the home cooks. And then those, that culinary talent, turns around and sources ingredients from these local small growers and then brings these fresh seasonal ingredients into people's homes for these farm-to-table dining experiences. Now, what the independent film series, a couple of them that I launched, first of all, Foodie and Chef, that is essentially my own wish or desire come true.
0: Getting chefs to come and cook in your kitchen, right?
1: That's right. (laughs) And that's part of my own selfish motivation is I wanted to have this wonderful culinary talent within our community, source from local farms, local growers, and then bring those ingredients into my own kitchen and then cook from scratch while I'm interacting with that chef and asking questions and tasting the food and sort of helping them even set the table. And then we're sitting down together, that chef and I, Mm -hmm. and enjoying that meal, that dish, whatever they chose to create. We're enjoying that together, and we're filming this entire thing from the moment that they arrive on my driveway to the moment they leave. We film all this, and then we shrink it down. We really boil it down to the most interesting 12 minutes of this entire two-hour segment Uh to give people that are watching really a visual of what does that experience look like to help them engage and say, ah, okay, that's what it's like. Okay, I'm going to get on this app and connect with a local chef so that he or she can connect with a local grower and start sourcing and get that movement going.
0: Wow. How cool is that? Yeah. So
1: that is Foodie and Chef. And that's sort of like one of my own personal passion projects.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Before you move on, though, I got a question for you. You have mentioned a couple of times the farm-to-table experience. What is that? The farm-to-table
1: experience is really... The conversation and the connection between that culinary artist, that chef, sort of like what Dan Barber, this wonderful famous chef out of New York, Uh he's a sustainability advocate. He's very much in tune with and has relationships with all the local growers that he sources from, including from their own farms. They have their own farms and then they also source additional things from other farms. But he goes up close and personal and he makes these relationships one-on-one between himself and that farmer, and they start talking about growing for flavor, for nutritional content, For all sorts of things and getting that rotation and getting that farmer to be encouraged, Uh incentivized to grow a whole assortment of things that he or she might not otherwise venture into thinking, well, who's going to source that for me? No one knows what that ingredient is. Right. Yeah, but if it's some kind of like, I don't want to call it something a specialty produce, but essentially if it's something that's a little bit out of the way that a lot of people haven't been exposed to, well, then Mm -hmm. that's the key where chefs can play a really important part because they allow that produce to get translated into flavors on dishes for foodies. Right. So then you get people to understand, oh, okay, so that's what that tastes like. Well, now I can go buy that because now I know what to do with that.
0: Right. Well, and one of the pieces of advice that I give new farmers when they come to me and say, how do I get started? I say, find a chef, Mm -hmm. find out what they would like. Yes. And grow it for them. Yes. I think that is the simplest way into farming.
1: Yes, exactly. And in fact, what you're doing, Greg, is you're saying that's the key. It's that the farmers and the chefs need to start talking so that, Mm. you know, things aren't being grown in a vacuum, so to speak. Yeah. And then chefs are scratching their head thinking, well, I'd really love to support, you know, all these growers around me. But if they're all doing kale at the same time, I don't (laughs) need to buy kale from, you know, six different guys. Yeah. So, yeah, it allows us to have this variation and diversity. So then not only do we have a diversity of things being grown, but also nutritional content, that fertility being put into the soil with
0: mm-hmm. the with the different things being grown. Plus it brings a richness to the dinner plate. Yes. I was eating something called water lettuce.
1: It's fabulous to come across things that the chefs are willing to put on a plate and take that, you know, it can for a chef in certain instances, if they don't have a huge name recognition, Uh it can be a sense of a little bit of a risk taking because the vast majority of people are only used to predictable flavors and predictable, you know, ingredients. And they're like, well, I don't know what that is. I don't even know if I'll like it. Right. And so that's where a wonderful chef like Aaron Chamberlain comes into the picture and be because his name recognition, and because of his stature and all that, when he puts something on a plate and you've never heard of that ingredient before, you're willing to try it because you're thinking, well, he's already built up his credibility. Right. So that's why chefs are really important to this.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. I want you to think back over the landscape of chefs that you've had in your film series. Uh huh. I know they're all extraordinary, but is there one that stands out that just made you giggle or had your heart sing or had you say to Yourself, oh my gosh, this is the reason I'm doing this.
1: Like you said, wonderful chefs who've been part of this. One chef that kind of, when I think about really a sense of humility in chefs, mm-hmm. that is in contradiction to what a lot of people think of when they think of these, you know, raging, angry, <laughs> egotistical chefs in right. kitchens, you know, the Gordon Ramsay's. And that's not the majority of chefs at all, by any means, that I've come across. So, one chef that I'm thinking of a conversation we had, his name is Joshua Rosen, and he came into my kitchen and he cooked for me this French dish, and it was lovely. And really, beyond the dish itself, though, what you know, Foodie and Chef, that indie film series, is designed to capture is give people a sense of the persona, the character, who this person is oh, yeah. who might be coming into your home to cook for you, you know, like really that humanistic element is what I'm always most interested in Uh, yep and so when he started talking about himself seeing himself as a conduit he said I'm like a conduit for source and for this connection you know from this higher good through me and really connecting with people and sharing the bounty sort of the flavors of the earth what the earth provides and when he said that wow to me it kind of was a very like humble comment, a statement Uh that he made. It was a lot of humility in that. And, And, you know, these are chefs like, for example, Joshua Rosen, who have worked in, you know, two Michelin star restaurants before. So they've worked in the cream of the crop type of settings. And for someone like that to have zero ego about it is really fantastic.
0: Nice. And how many have you done? We've
1: done just a handful up till now because we just started. Uh Uh-huh. And where do we find them at? So we have social media links at the top of our website, www.bites.mobi. And you can go at the top there and you can click on those social media links. And that'll take you to our social media that captures Foodie and Chef. And it'll also take you to our social media that the other indie film series that I wanted to mention, which is Farm Talk. That's cool. the local farm visits.
0: Yeah. So the foodie and chef, that is kind of the end of the line for the food. And farm talk is kind of the beginning of the line for the food. So tell us about that.
1: So it's really wonderful. It's a wonderful experience where I go out each month and I interview essentially right there on their farm, a farmer, and talk to him or her about how they got into this, how long they've been a farmer, what they care about, what are their biggest concerns as a farmer? What are their biggest wishes that, you know, if they could ask for something, ask for a change, ask for some kind of support, what would that be? What would that look like? And then we talk about, you know, what they're growing and where they're located. And it's a really short segment. Essentially, I spent about an hour at the farm taking up that farmer's time, which Uh I'm really grateful for. And then we boil that down to about a five-minute segment that really is this conversation with the farmer, just, you know, standing right out there in the field and we're showing the farm, we're showing what they're growing and some of the staff, some of the helpers on the farm and sharing their story in this way. And then encouraging people to source directly from these farmers. And then also, you know, we're giving the address for the farm, how you can find them. And then also at the very end of that five minute segment, sort of at the end of that film, we show our website and where people can go to find this farm and farms like them who have created a free farm profile on our website.
0: Got it. Perfect. So you're in the Phoenix metropolitan area, correct? Yes. All the chefs and farmers that you're working with are here locally in Phoenix. Correct. We call it the Valley of the Sun for those of you that aren't here. All right, cool. Yep. you have any plans to go to LA or... New York? Everywhere. We have
1: plans to go all over the country and possibly even beyond that. So yes, we're planning to, we could definitely scale this. We want to really help people here get involved in a bigger way, the community here. And then once we do that, before we leave Metro Phoenix, we will go off and and spread out into the Tucson area and up to Flagstaff area. And then after that, we'll kind of grow and spread beyond Arizona.
0: Wow, cool! So I hear passion behind this, and this seems very much like a passion project. Is this how you make your living? Tell me about that. You know, although we need to eat, we also need to, you know, bring in a few bucks.
1: Yeah. So this is my passion project. There is currently no revenue coming out of this yet. It will generate some revenue, but really on the back end, this is an ethos-driven app, which means what I mean by that is we don't get paid until, and I designed it this. Way until we've done some good out there in the
0: world oh nice how
1: do we do that because i see you know the profit or the income or the revenue as always a byproduct of what you're intending to do and what you're intending to impact mm-hmm. you know bites itself is a free farm stable mobile app there's no advertising on it foodies get on there to check out these chefs chefs get on there and create free chef profiles and then the farmers go to our website and create free farm profiles now mm-hmm. We don't take a penny from farmers, from growers, because I'm really interested in supporting that foundation of society. And we have to do that if we want to move away from globalized commercial food production. So – right. To me, truly helping a grower means I'm not taking a penny from that grower and I'm not. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is giving these chefs essentially like an Uber model or an Airbnb model platform to generate an income, right? And so when they generate that income, when they get a job essentially out of this, when they get reserved for their services, they get a job out of this platform, this app. And once they've already sourced ingredients from a local grower Uh and brought those into someone's home and cooked from them. So literally two days after that, that we pay ourselves and we pay that chef. We don't pay anyone until that good has been done.
0: Got it. Your income stream, it comes from the chef delivering some great food to somebody.
1: Correct. And they take the bulk of that. They're keeping 80% of that themselves. Yes.
0: Cool. So I pick up the f- app Bytes and I find a chef that I like. And what happens next?
1: You check out their profiles and you can see the menus of, of what they're offering and their pricing for serving and read about the farms they're supporting and their minimum charge and look at their bio and see their pictures. And then you can chat with them, ask any questions you want. You can reserve their services through the app, and then they get notified that you just reserved their services. So then now you've kind of booked a dinner or a lunch or brunch reservation with them. Uh And so then they're going to go on their own and source from the farms that they indicated on their profile they're sourcing from. And then they're going to come into your home with their pots and pans and fresh ingredients and then cook for you and then clean up after themselves and leave. Wow. The wonderful thing about this, truly from my own perspective, is that this is much less expensive than eating out in a couple of ways. First of all, there's no tipping happening. So that 18% or 20% that people normally tip when they go out to eat, that doesn't happen on this app. You don't need to tip. You're sort of like paying up front for everything right and then the other thing is because people are providing their own wine their own pairings their own alcohol which is always three times more expensive at a restaurant than what you could buy it for yourself exactly right so then you're keeping costs down and if you bring in a group of friends like let's say you've got six or eight friends or whatever And you say, hey, everyone chip in such and such amount. Well, you can divide up that minimum charge of whatever that chef is, you know, asking you to like reserve this much food from them, right? Uh And then it comes out to really quite reasonable and in every instance, less
0: expensive than eating out. Wow. How cool is that? All right. How did you come to this? To the app? Yeah, to this concept, the whole process. How did this happen? It
1: actually happened organically in my head. I like that the colorful side of life and the adventurous side of life and the memorable, meaningful pieces that I can sort of hold on to over time. Like the experiential aspect of life is much more interesting to me than all the little things I could collect and buy. Yes. And that would become clutter and ultimately we throw it away and it, you know, adds to all the stuff out there that people either need to recycle or figure Mm -hmm. out what to do or ends up in landfills.
0: I'm emphatically agreeing because Heidi and I, my sweetheart and I, we travel a bit. Uh Uh-huh. We'll spend more money on traveling and travel experiences than buying stuff. Mm-hmm you know, so when you say that, it makes perfect sense to me. I don't need more stuff. That's for dang sure.
1: Yeah, I'm very much so a minimalist when it comes to all the stuff around me. I, I'm always trying to like, you know, not add anything. And if I'm going to add something then I'm going to remove something else, right? Because I really don't like that pack rat concept of just stuff around you. Yeah, exactly.
0: So let's think back to your farmer interviews. I'm going to ask you the same question about your farmer interviews that I did about your chef interviews. So was there one that stands out?
1: Yeah, there was this wonderful They're all wonderful, really, but there's this gentleman, Farmer Frank, and he's at Crooked Sky Farms. He's the owner
0: there. Yep, I know Frank.
1: I went out and I met with him at his farm and he was gracious enough. He gave me even beyond the hour. We really spent two hours there. And at the end of it all, he said to me, he said, Rosa, can I have a picture with you? And I thought that was the sweetest thing Mm -hmm. because when we initially started off talking, he wasn't really talking to me. And I couldn't understand why, you know, several months ago when I was trying to connect with him because he had heard a lot of empty talk before, you know, he had heard a lot of people say they're going to do this or that, Mm -hmm. and then they never got anything going and they never stuck with their commitments and they never kept their word to him so he was really disenchanted with the whole thing. And he had initially thought maybe Rosa, I put her in that same bucket, right, that she's just going to oh, be yes. a talker. Yeah. But then when we've been moving forward with this, and then I interviewed him, and he was so sweet. At the end of it all, like I said, you know, we sort of like took a picture together, kind of like hugging. And what I remember from him that kind of stayed with me was his story about, you know, they were migrant farmers, his family, and literally, they moved, you could call it moving, as. It was when their car broke down. Essentially, they couldn't travel any further than wherever they were trying to go to. Right. And they started farming. His story, the piece that resonated with me, was when he talked about the first thing out of his mouth. When I said, what do you care about as a farmer? He said, stewardship. You know, respect and care for the mm-hmm. earth. It's like our home, that fertile ground that we belong to. You know, it doesn't belong to us. We belong to the earth. So it's this wonderful, again, that sense of humility that he had that I absolutely loved hearing. And I think that's what this is all about, is about that human factor, that humanistic respect for the earth, that connection that I'm hearing when I am talking to these chefs, when I'm talking to these farmers, that makes me feel even more fueled to continue doing what I'm doing.
0: Oh, yeah. Yes, beautiful. That is really sweet. Thank you. So. You have another project. We haven't talked about it yet today. And it kind of piqued my interest that you called it a living mural on your wall.
1: I live and work in a renovated commercial warehouse in Midtown Phoenix. And the front of the warehouse, sort of the wall that faces out onto this major artery street, is sort of like a blank slate, like a canvas, I considered it, to put up these murals by local graffiti artists, intelligent art like Banksy, things that are thought thoughtful and have depth and have a message to share with the community. Right? I've been fortunate enough to have two wonderful local street artists, Isaac Caruso and Gabriel Piscina, two awesome guys, do a mural for me on this gigantic Wall. It's really big. It goes up really high and uh-huh. it's really wide. And they did this huge mural. They spent three days of their time doing this fantastic mural on my wall that celebrates farm to table. When I asked them to do this, I said, look, you're the artist. I consider you an artist who I want to give that complete freedom to share in your own vision. When I talk about bites and this whole farm to table app and all the good it's designed to do, whether it's through you know celebrating diversity and being inclusive of all socioeconomic levels and about community building and a jobs platform, economic empowerment for the chefs and the homemakers and the you know, students and then visibility and support for farmers and increasing their profits, decreasing their waste, diverting from landfills, being healthy, all of that—it's just a huge thing. And I said, I'm sharing this story with you. Now that I've shared it, I want you to go off and give me a conceptual drawing of what would you put up on this wall to capture that in your own way? And so that's what they did. They put up this fantastic mural on my wall, which has this gigantic arm of a chef. It's a chef's arm, and it's got like all these vegetable tattoos all along it. Whoa. It's a for real arm. I mean, that was really a chef's arm that a photograph had been taken of, and we use that chef's arm, and he is grabbing an orange citrus because Arizona, you know, this area that I'm in, sort of southern part of Arcadia area, is really known for the citrus, and then There's lovebirds in this area and whatever. So that was their way of capturing the ethos behind bites, of celebrating the chefs, celebrating localized sourcing. Wow. Celebrating this community, Arizona. And so that's what we've got up on our wall. And I call it a living wall because I see that wall as sort of a space, a community space where every six to nine months I want to invite a new local street artist to put up their own vision for what farm to table is to them. And so we're just gonna keep doing. Doing This nice. and celebrating farm to table. I would love this to spread to all parts of the city and then other big cities around the country, really uh-huh. farm to table and then sort of catching on between these street artists that care about, you know, economic empowerment of the 99%.
0: Yeah. So do you have a piece of advice for our listeners that you could share?
1: Yes, I do. I would say that my piece of advice for anyone who really wants to engage with life at the richest, deepest level and create a sense of meaning in their own life, the way I chose to create one for myself. Obviously, we all create meaning in our own ways, in our own unique ways. But However you choose to create a sense of meaning in your own life, I would say to start with the question of why why are you doing what you're doing why do you want to cause x y and z impact why do you want to pursue whether it's this job or that relationship yes. or whatever it is mm-hmm. that we're we're doing like why are we doing it and so i think that gets to the ethos that vision and when we know that internally for ourselves we don't need to shout it out to anyone else but when we know that for ourselves that helps drive our own path forward and that t- tends to be a much more meaningful path to follow and one that is really about inner growth.
0: Yeah. Richer. Yes. Great. So I'm going to ask you then, why are you doing what you do?
1: Because I am interested
0: in really moving
1: all of us as a greater community, moving us more towards our own human in connectedness and getting us more in tune with the value of what the earth is giving us really and treating it as our home having respect for it having empathy for cultural differences it's all the different pieces that are plugged into this app that i truly care about those are my own values so i literally injected this app with everything that big picture that i care about and that i believe in The kind of society I'd like to see, you know, come to fruition, materialize. That's my why.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today again, Rosa.
1: Thank you, Greg. It's always
0: a wonderful pleasure. So tell us, how can our listeners find you, find out about the app, download the app, you know, like that?
1: Absolutely. So to download the app itself, they can go to the App Store or Google Play and literally just type in bytes.mobi. So B-I-T-E-S dot M-O-B-I all stuck together. Mm -hmm. They can do that to find the app. Otherwise, to learn more about us and to see all of our social media links and to follow us and to tap into Foodie and Chef, that indie film series, and to tap into Farm Talk, the local farm visits mini series, they can go to our website in the top right corner. They're going to see all those links there. It'll
0: take them to the right place. Perfect. And that's bites.mobi, M-O-B-I. Correct. You can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash bites foodie app. And if you'd like to hear more from Rosa, you can find her on our 236th podcast episode at urbanfarm.org forward slash bites. We are your urban farming resource. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, podcasts, webinars, courses, and more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. We want to know what you think about our podcast. You've been listening to me for almost three years now, and I want to hear from you. I have some very specific questions, including what you like about our podcast and where we should be going next the important part is I really want your opinion I'm looking to connect with 50 listeners from no more than 10 minutes who are willing to share your thoughts it's simple to sign up go to urbanfarm.org and look at the top menu sign up there I look forward to chatting do you want to save money at the grocery store eat more organic whole foods cultivate food security and feel more connected to the earth If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food you have access to is what you buy at the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food. And I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a brown thumb. With this free webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to iwanttogarden.com, and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember that's GARDEN to 44222 or iwanttogarden.com.